News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook and welcome to the show. Tomorrow is the first day of winter and along with the cold and dark comes the annual spike in electricity bills. I remember all too well the misery of cutting back power use to the bare minimum. In my student days, it wasn't just a case of not using the dryer. In one flat I lived in, I saw a major argument over people daring to use the hot water to wash their hands. There was a screaming fight, followed by an icy standoff. The whole works. I was horrified by the argument, but at the time, understood why my flatmates got so mad. When you're barely getting by, every cent of power becomes a big deal. But even now that I'm working and winter bills aren't quite so dire, it's still helpful to learn new tricks. I can afford to pay for a heater now, thank goodness, but if there's a cheaper option for my heating, I want it. There are other things I'd like to do with that money. Invest it, go out for brunch, who cares? There's nothing fun about paying off a power bill, so I don't want to spend more than I have to. On the other hand, I can't be bothered nagging my husband to turn off the lights if it doesn't make that much of a difference. It's hard to know which parts are worth caring about and which parts are optional. I don't have the energy to care about every little thing, if you'll excuse the pun. So, what are the best ways to save on power this winter? News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by Ikea EnergyWise technical expert Christian Herning. Do most people spend more than they need to on their power bill? For some things, yes, and for other things, no. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as we're moving into winter now, most people's power bills tend to rise because we add heating. And that's when most people start becoming interested in reducing their power bills. And at the same time, we know that uh, a lot of our houses in New Zealand are colder in winter than they should be for our health and comfort. So the World Health Organization recommends a minimum of 18 degrees for homes. And unfortunately, a lot of our homes fall short of that. So I guess in that sense, and when it comes to heating, we're probably not spending enough on heating. Or let me rephrase that. We don't have enough insulation and not good, not efficient enough, effective enough heating to be warm. And at the same time, there are other areas um, where we can reduce our energy bills without negative side effects. That's really interesting that you, the first thing you mentioned is heating because I uh, talked to some Wellingtonians. I took a walk around and stopped people and asked them uh, whether they tried to save money on their power bills uh, with winter coming up. Some people tried, some people didn't. All the time. Yeah, I'm a power Nazi. <laughs> uh, flat's pretty damn cold, though. I prioritise health over saving power, really. I try to be mindful about how I use the power by turning off heaters when I'm not in the room and such, but there's only so much you can do. Power bill's going to be high or your usual expenses, whatever you do. My flat is not very well insulated, so if I wanted it to be the temperature that was comfortable, it would just be totally unaffordable. Keeping your house kind of aired out and dried out and opening curtains and windows during the day helps as well and actually running a dehumidifier. The ones who were trying to cut back, heating was their first option, the first thing they talked about. So what are other places that you can cut back that people don't necessarily think of? Okay, so scrimping on your heating, not the best idea because it affects your health, There, but there are other opportunities um, where there's no negative side effects like um, hot water, for example. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the year, uh, we spend about the same, if not more, on heating our hot water as we do on space heating, but it's spread out over the course of the year, so it's a bit more hidden. 
And most of the hot water that we use, we actually use in our shower. So that's a good place to start looking for potential savings. You can test your shower by just taking a 10 liter bucket, turning your shower on as usual, as if you were to step in, you mix the right temperature and all that. And then you time how long it takes to uh, fill a 10 liter bucket. And if your shower fills that 10 liter bucket in less than a minute, that shower is actually wasting energy, water, and basically your money. Mm. And if that's the case, then there's two things you can do. You can either replace your shower head with a more efficient one, or you can fit uh, so-called flow restrictors, water flow restrictors into your existing shower head. Mm. And you recognize them. If you go to a hardware or plumbing store, uh, the, all shower heads have a little water efficiency label, which tells you how many liters per minute go through that shower head. And you want to look for one that uses nine liters per minute or less. You can spend hundreds of dollars on a shower head as with anything, but they start at about $50. If that's too much for you, then the flow restrictor is uh, a good alternative. Now, if you want more step-by-step instructions for doing the test and also for how to replace your shower head or fitting a flow restrictor, you can actually go to our website, which is energywise.govt.nz. And on our website, we have a video, short video, where I show how to test your shower, how to fit a flow restrictor, or how to replace your shower head. It's very easy. You can do it yourself. But watch the video, then you know what to do. Perfect. Well, I will go and find that video, and I will link it into the written part that goes along with this podcast so that people can check it out. Um, while I was also talking to people about power bills, I asked people if they'd ever seriously gone without in the name of saving money. And again, all came down to heat, this time in a more extreme way. Just layer up. Yeah, we don't really have any like central heating or like heat pumps or anything. As a student, we certainly scrimped on power. I remember being a student in Christchurch, and all of us were sitting in the lounge wearing ski jackets instead of putting the the heater on? Just heat, I guess, you know, just um, jump, jump in the sleeping bag instead of, you know, putting the heater on, that sort of thing. As you say, that links to health problems, particularly students or pensioners. So what are maybe some cheaper heating options that people could think about? I guess, ultimately, the most affordable to operate heating options are the fixed heaters, like a good heat pump, a modern wood burner, wood pellet burner or fluid gas heater. They cost a bit more upfront to, to buy and install ultimately, but they cost a lot less to run. And also, most importantly, if for larger rooms like your living room, they are actually able to put out a lot more heat, so they heat those spaces a lot better uh, in cold weather than any portable heater could do. Now, I understand they come with a bigger price, price tag, and especially, say, if you're a student renting, having such a heater might not be an option for you. But And then you're stuck with the portable choices, which of which there are mostly two. These are the plug-in electric heaters or the portable gas heater. And I guess the important message is these portable gas heaters, I would strongly recommend not to use those gas heaters. And the reason is they don't have a flue or a chimney, so all the gases from the combustion end up right in your room. You inhale them, and there's some quite nasties in there like carbon monoxide or nitrogen dioxide. And they put out quite a bit of moisture, which can make your house damp or moldy. And if all that hasn't put you off those unflued gas heaters yet, uh, then let me tell you that they're also the most expensive form of heating you could choose. So Mm. a plug-in electric heater would be a much safer and cheaper to run option than those unflued gas heaters. And of course, as you say, they're putting out damp as well. That's going to make things colder overall, surely. 
Yeah, absolutely. But and and create mold and condensation, and you need to have the window open so you're losing heat yeah. while you heat. So <laughs> all in all, not a great choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to investing in your house, I mean, I know we're sort of ramping up the options for people here, but in terms of saving money overall. What can people do to invest in their house and are they accessible for the average person? Now let's start with the insulation. Um, for older houses, uh, the absolute minimum should be some really good, thick and well-installed insulation in the ceiling and under the floor. These are the two areas which are generally most accessible and cheapest to retrofit. So that is the start. And actually that reminds me, last year there have been some uh, changes to regulations for rental properties. So uh, from 2019 onwards, July 2019, all rental properties will have to have ceiling and underfloor insulation mm-hmm. that needs to be in reasonable condition. So landlords need to check if the insulation is there, is it in good condition. Equally, tenants can obviously ask their landlords when landlords will check and upgrade. And actually to help with the upgrading of the rental stock, There is a government subsidy program available for upgrading insulation and rental programs where landlords can get a 50% subsidy towards the cost of ceiling and underfloor insulation for about another year. Now that subsidy is only available for rental properties where the tenant holds a community services card. So if you're a tenant with a community services card, you actually want to tell your landlord that you've got one and that there's a subsidy program because the chances are your landlord might be might be too shy to come and ask you whether you've got a community services card. Perfect. Now, it, reducing power usage is one thing. Getting the cheapest electricity for that power usage is another. Do you guys have any recommendations on that or is that a bit outside of your remit? Well, there's obviously the website um, powerswitch org.nz, where you can enter your details, where you're in the country and how you use electricity. You can even, even, um, if you have it at hand, um, enter your your usage data from the power bills, from previous power bills, and that will rank electricity providers and tell you whether you could make savings by making a switch, and that's very easy to do. So powerswitch.org.nz is the website. Mm. And I, I know that a lot of these tips might sound simple. Um, but I think if you make as many of these changes as you can, even if it's just a little reduction on each one, they add up, don't they? They do add up. It really depends on uh, how how wasteful or not you are already with your electricity. Uh, but let me just give you an example. We were, I was working with a family of four and they had consistently high electricity bills throughout the year. And, you know, even though they were quite energy conscious, so I did that shower test it turned out their shower used 18 liters per minute which was quite high it's twice that of an efficient shower head and for the use how they how that family used a shower that meant 900 dollars a year savings just by changing a shower head or fitting a flow restrictor which is like you know tens of dollars Mm -hmm. compared to 900 dollars savings per year so and that's just one example now not every household will have that opportunity with the shower head because you know if you're already efficient on that front that's good let me give you another example a tumble dryer can actually cost you a dollar a load to run so if you say do four loads a, a week that adds up to 200 dollars a year mm. whereas the sun could do it for free for you outside 
Mm, well, I think you've certainly got me convinced to go and check my shower tonight. I'm a mm. terrible one for long showers, so I'm going to go and do the bucket test. Um, <laughs> hey, um, thank you so much. That was Christian Herning from Eka Energy Wise Technical Expert. If you have any questions or other topics you want covered, get in touch with me. I'm at Francis Cook on Twitter and Francis Cook Journalist on Facebook. And if you know someone these tips could help, share this with them. Let's all have a cheaper bill this winter. Until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB.